another edition of the CJ McCollum Show. It's currently Tuesday, December 12th. I am in Washington, D.C., a.k.a. Chocolate City. I love this place uh, with half my heart. And we are in the midst of a three-game road trip. We're coming off a, a big win against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I'm sure we'll get into that later. But we're at the over-20 game mark where you have a good sense of where your team's at, where the league's at, trends, injuries, who's hot, who's not, and the over-early celebration of individual performance, big wins and big losses, and fans just kind of going off the deep end. But the cool part is, for some fans and some people, December 15th, which is also my mom's birthday. Shout out to my mother. She'll be 60. Shout out. Ooh, big birthday. Big birthday. Um, she'll be in Vegas for her birthday. I don't, I don't mean that disrespectfully. Um <laughs> Mrs. No, no, no. I, I just mean it like that's a good big birthday to celebrate. No, no, she's she's a, e- eagerly excited and aging well, as they say. The black has not cracked. <laughs> she, December fifteenth, my mom's birthday, but also an important day in the calendar will mark the unofficial start to the trade season in the NBA. And the deadline, for those that don't know, is February 8th. It's been moved up to before All-Star break, which is great because as a player who's been traded, it's really nice to kind of get your plans in order before All-Star break as opposed to trying to move in the midst of, I don't know, what used to be 72 hours. Now you got maybe that fourth day before you have practice in your new market. So that's something for fans to look forward to. Not so much for players unless you're ready to move out of your market. Mm. Um, I think this is a really cool part of the season where it starts to get cold. We had the in-season tournament. And January positions us to a colder February in Indiana. Woo! <laughs> I mean, I will say, Indianapolis, they know how to host big events. Okay? So, like, it's not new to them. Final Four, Combine. Like, they NASCAR. know what they're doing. Uh, sure. NASCAR. Like, it's going to be a fluid event. Uh, so, you fans, come out and enjoy All-Star Weekend. You hear that? As the uh, right steals are being negotiated. Look at me, team player. Um, yeah, but I, let me ask you this. You mentioned um, we're through the first 20 games. Did these first 20 games feel different to you, given the excitement around the in-season tournament? Because if you're casual, um, you know, you don't start paying attention to the NBA to, the, to Christmas. And we're not even at Christmas, and we've had – many of headlines to start the season already. Um, I know you don't pay attention to those kinds of things and that type of flow as an actual NBA player, but does it feel different given all the energy put forth um, to the in-season tournament, these first 20 games of the season for you? It absolutely feels different. I think for a multitude of reasons, Um, the way the game has been positioned this season early on with the in-season tournament, obviously kind of raising the stakes in November uh, through Thanksgiving, and then you get those those early December games that kind of matter where it's playoff intensity, whereas in previous years we probably didn't have that. So you get fans that are normally league pass watchers engaged, right? You're able to see a team like the Pacers. You're able to see the Sacramento Kings. You're able to see the Pelicans. Some teams that play on national television, but maybe not as much as Lakers, um, Sixers, Knicks, Warriors, those types of teams. So you're able to see them early on, kind of get engaged, Get some new fandom in individual players, maybe individual teams, style of play, whatever the case may be. And then you have the the big show in Vegas, which I thought was was really cool. I thought it was well done. I enjoyed the way they put everything together. They kind of rolled out the red carpet, literally mm-hmm. and figuratively with um, the red did carpet. Did it feel big out there? It did. I think looking at 
the amount of media coverage, having covered some finals and been to some finals as a journalist, not as a player, obviously, for those that are going to make jokes about this. Um, I think it's really cool to see the media attention that the in-season tournament got. Obviously, the finals is huge. It's global. Right? You got you got so much media. There's practices that aren't really like practices. There's the pregame. There's the postgame. There's the blowout of live streams. You have so many different things going on. But the in-season tournament, it felt like an NCAA tournament and also the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, someone's coming to my door. My bags are getting dropped off right now. So you're oh, wait, look at out. this. There's a sneak peek behind the scenes of what it's like to be a player. You can come in. Uh-huh. You get your bags delivered to the door. Wait, so it's a three-game road trip. <laughs> Sorry. Like, how big are your bags? Um, I have Do you get a... your, your clothes delivered to you like your, by your stylist? Get I, bougie I'll get, I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> I have a recovery bag that the team kind of packs for us all that we travel with. So in the recovery bag, you got like a foam roller, you got a Theragun. For those that don't know, a Theragun is like the little vibration joint that you can hit like trigger points and, and spots or whatever. I get a I get a um, a Venom for my back. Yes, uh, yeah, I have one of those for traveling. Yep. So that's heat or cold, I think. Mm-hmm. But I like heat. I'm a I'm a big heat guy. I have a Normatec in there. I always Normatec, and then they give us these like Normatec goes and just like random stuff. We're we're very spoiled, but it's really good from a recovery standpoint because we fly so much. So circulation, blood flow, recovery. I Normatec almost every day in season. Um, So I have that bag, and then I have a bag. That's big. Those are like cover both your legs, right? Yeah, 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 full legs, full length on the on the legs. So I have that bag. I don't travel with that. They just bring that to the room. So that goes with the equipment storage, brings it up. And then I have, like you said before, I have my outfits mm-hmm. curated uh, by a stylist. A shout out to Kayla. She puts them together for me, and shout I just kind of pull what I want, pull what I like, what I don't like. Uh, I just have looks put together. I approve or don't approve. I want to dress up for this game. I want to dress down. I need a big jacket. I'm going to the, to the East Coast. Uh, I want to wear a hat. Don't want to wear a hat. I want to wear loafers. I mean, it's a whole league fits. You got to have everything yeah. head to toe right. Exactly. So we do that. So, so much just, technology. Not to be one of those old heads who's like, back in my day. But think about all the tech. You know, those old 90s players didn't have any of these tech, any of this technology. And played all 82 games. We're not going to go down that road. But I'm just oh, saying. You're doing it. You're doing it. And <laughs> I think that the, the, the cool thing is that a lot of those players did play all 82. and Lied commercial. They, well, <laughs> they were not flying commercial in your day. Let's just be honest God. here. Wait, they what? were 80s. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know. Stop it. it. Stop it. I know a lot of players who are older that missed the wave um, of flying commercial. And I think that is a huge Did I say part flied? of English. Flued, getting flued out. <laughs> they was getting flued, they was getting flued out commercial. But I commend all the players that played before us because of what they went through, what they were able to accomplish, and how they established the game. It was great. We don't have to do this. We I would take my Normatec. I would take my ice. This. I'm gonna go get my Manny Petties. And it's um, actually, it's actually, actually a good segue because, like, the guy that kind of def- defines what's going on, you know, in terms of taking care of their bodies, is LeBron. Um, and mm-hmm. I think back to the in-season tournament, like he help legitimize the tournament unlike any other player could. You know, him buying in the way that he did. Um, him, out of, all the, uh, out of all the players, the oldest player in the league playing one extra game than any other player. Um, 
uh, and the fact that, you know, you saw it. He bought in every single in-season tournament game all the way to the end. Yes, AD had, like, a crazy finals game. Right. And if it was a, you know, championship MVP, AD would have gotten it. But LeBron, through the whole tournament, was that dude. And even if you thought his celebration was corny for the haters out there, you paid attention. <laughs> like, you paid attention. Even if you thought, like, why is there champagne, you know, in a December game locker room? Like, stop hating. Like, enjoy it. You watched it. It was it was something fun. Like, But I feel like if it was any other player who did that, I, 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 like, I don't know what the reaction would have been. But it, it got people talking and – and paying attention, and it was a moment like I can foresee, you know, when LeBron retires in 2052, <laughs> like they're going to name this uh, tournament or the, you know, in-season tournament MVP after him. Like this was another thing in his legacy that, you know, um, no other player can say that they got the first in-season tournament MVP. Um you know, what did, what did you think of just uh, what LeBron did during the in-season tournament and what, what it meant for the in-season tournament? No, I thought it was great. I thought it was great that he bought in, that all the players, you know, competed at a high level, that we took advantage of the competition. And I think they talked about it. The money is great. Like, we're not going to deny that the money didn't matter because the money does matter. That's why we do a lot of things in this life. And it's, a, it's a, a great way to take care of your people and to give back to the communities you care about. But I think the competition also played a factor. You're playing against good teams, quality opponents. You're competing for something, right? Not just the championship, not just the trip to Vegas. A lot of us have never been to Vegas in December because we've played basketball since we were five or six years old. So that was a cool aspect, a cool factor. And then, like you said before, to be able to celebrate something with your teammates, right? Um, No matter when you win, whether that's December or June, obviously everybody wants to Larry O. But if you look at other sports leagues, you look at soccer, football, the way it's played, you look at European basketball. My brother's been abroad for 14 and a half years. Football. Football. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to uh, Larry Nance. He's a part of ownership with Leeds football team. But when you when you look at those types of sports and the way that they're played, they have in season cups, they have in season tournaments, Mm -hmm. and they mean something. I watched my brother win a Turkish Cup with Galatasaray in Turkey, and the celebration was absurd. The streets were flooded. They were giving me the phone to take pictures of them. Like, it's wild how the culture has shifted in other countries surrounding their sports and how they celebrate. And I think it's a, it's good to establish that now. In 10 or 15 years, this in-season tournament will be celebrated the same way, but probably bigger. They'll probably be making more money, larger checks for everybody involved. But I think it'll be great for the sport because it's entertainment at a high level earlier in the season not not that the entertainment isn't the same every night but i think the level and intensity the fan engagement the ability to gamble for fans on some of these games the stakes i think is is a little higher because i played in sacramento at different parts of the season but that game we had in sacramento for a trip to the in-season tournament Mm. felt like a playoff game and i think that's what the nba wanted and they got about 4.5 million viewers which is the most we've had since what 2018 um for a december game outside of christmas so that shows you the level of play and the level of engagement that we're getting from fans passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you are into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This was the first go. It's only going to build from there. Um, our Tim Bontemps, you know, wrote a piece of what's next after, you know, a stellar debut in Las Vegas. And, you know, despite praise from league insiders, players, fans for the debut, um, even, you know, the architect admitted that it, it's not going to come back exactly in the same format as next season. You know, even Adam Silver mentioned that, like, they may need to tweak the point differential given – some of the circumstances of teams kind of running up the score, but I don't know. I mean, we've talked about this, like that, that's controversy that got people talking, that got people interested. That's something different. Um, you know, if, if on a lesser important, you know, story like the courts, I actually kind of liked the little tweaks they made to the championship court, which is like, they made at least the, the, um, I don't know what the, the word is, but like, both sides of the out of bounds line, two different colors. I think that was like the biggest gotcha. issue for me um, with the original courts is that like, it was just kind of all one color and it was hard to see the out of bounds line. It was just like a little bit much. Um, but like even the courts that like, that was the early quote unquote controversy, got people talking about it. Um, you know, kind of broke up some of the morning shows conversation about the NFL. Like it just, this, mm-hmm. that was the whole point. Um, but, you know, as the president of the Players Association, like, what do you anticipate are going to be some of the things that people are going to focus on um, to, like, improve for next season? Is it, like, the, what the groups are going to be looking like, point differential, the schedule, uh, the cash cash increase? What do you think? Uh, I'll start with the cash increase. I definitely <laughs> think that that's something that will be entertained and talked about, depending on how much money this can continue to generate. I think it'll be great for our sport. It could be great for potential broadcast partners or a partner that we may have down the road. Um, There's so many different elements to the in-season tournament that I've really liked. And I think just feedback from players, feedback from staff is something that I've been collecting just on the overall experience. The turnaround time was tough for a lot of our um, equipment managers who manage our travel in terms of flights, in terms of hotel, and the commands that come with that and the demands that come with that with us having a back-to-back right into the in-season tournament game that put some of our people in a, in a bit of a pickle just the the support that you need on the road in these types of environments when you're having to wash clothes like I have to think about all of these things for all the teams that are associated with um, the league and the in-season tournament so I'm just collecting data and information from all of our staff our equipment managers everybody that's a part of the process that you may see or that you may not see and then just talking to players about the experience on game day what is the game day experience like did you have enough court time like all of those things that you don't really think about when you're watching. Like I like to get to the arena, you know, not always early as Braun, but you know what I'm saying, like mm-hmm. three, four hours before the game starts so I can get my treatment, so I can get on the court. Like 
when is the gym going to become available if you're doing a double header? Is it a gym that's slick? Do you have ball boys who can rebound? Like, do, did is that there... side gym that they had that that work? What did it you was, think of that? It was a great idea. It was a little slippery and it was mad cold. Um, mm. But outside of that, I thought it was a great idea. It reminded me of the bubble, how they set up the gyms, you know, in some of those ballrooms um, in the bubble. But I thought it was a really cool idea. It's just about figuring out the availability, but also figuring out the support. Like we have women that work on our staff, They're like being able to have women locker rooms, like just right. the little stuff that they don't think about big picture is what I'm having conversations about. Then obviously we'll get into style of play, the jerseys, the courts, the groups, point differentials. Do you guarantee somebody a playoff spot? Like all those types of things that will become a discussion. The great part about our league is that they're always willing to communicate. They want us involved in the conversations. They want us asking questions and they listen. They're able to kind of take the feedback that we give them and make it so that the quality of basketball is better for players, fans and organizations. And that may be a result from, you know, Las Vegas, not having the infrastructure of having an NBA Mm -hmm. team there. But as someone who didn't go to Vegas, just understanding, you know, uh, having something different to break up the travel, a new city. I just feel like it just feels right. It felt right that Vegas was the spot. I mean, of course, some people wouldn't mind another trip to Miami or even L.A. You could you could make an event out of that. But there's something to breaking up like the the just traditional places that um nba teams go and you know obviously it was a heavy lakers crowd there so (laughs) you know that was pointed out that they may have had a home court advantage and then the other aspect is that like there really isn't a true home court advantage for any play any any team um you know if it wasn't the lakers and so giving uh, franchises and fan bases the opportunity to host a, a in-season tournament championship, I guess, would be a plus. But I don't. I just don't. I don't think it should be the same as All Star. I mean, All Star is a celebration of the fans. I really think that that is a big meaning of that that weekend. I think this needs to be its own thing and and feel different um, and not move around. But you know, I can understand that that is going to be a big talking point um, going forward, especially for you about, you know, where should this take place? I just, for someone who didn't go to Vegas, it felt right from the outside looking in. You were the one who came up with Vegas being the location, um, suggested it. I played you a role. St- <laughs> On this podcast, you were the one <laughs> who came up with it. Do you still feel like it, it's the, like, would you fight for it to stay in Vegas? I think for now it makes sense. I think because of the amount of hotels, the structure around it, the fact that it's a it's a place fans would gravitate towards. It's a, it's a place that players are excited to go to, players' families. For all those reasons and the fact that Vegas eventually could have a basketball team, could have a franchise, I think it's a, a really cool idea. I always like – I like hotter cities, right, in the winter – because it's, it's cold there, though. Why it was people wearing jackets. Desert like at night, you know what I mean. It was yeah, it was yeah, a little yeah. more chilly right. than I would than I would have expected. But it was also cold in New Orleans last week, which is weird too. So global warming is, is is kicking our butts. But I don't know that I would fight for it. But I think that based on the experience I had, it was great. And it I don't think that it makes sense to change it yet. Like I, maybe you change it down the road, or maybe you kind of figure things out. But I know this was the, was it Art Basel or whatever it's called is in Miami right now too. Yeah. So that would be a 
great time uh, but, <laughs> but a but, mess but yeah. uh yeah a lot of a lot of moving pieces and parts there but i i think it's just it's to be determined i think there's more conversations that need to be had i think there's so many moving parts from sponsorship to locations to needing hotels to being able to get hotels last minute because you don't know the teams until what three or four days before it happens you start to get an idea of what teams could possibly be in it there's just so much that goes into the planning around it i think that vegas gives you flexibility because there's so many resorts so yeah so many i mean like you could always get a room at circus circus if it comes down to it (laughs) shout out to circus circus i never stayed there (laughs) but i I stayed there with my parents as a kid that's I didn't go to Vegas as a kid. I only went to Vegas to play basketball and to go home, and I don't even remember. I think we where drove we through there. We saw like the Grand Canyon. We went on a long road trip. My dad like created this little like makeshift TV, like with a VCR, and he built like a little uh, table that he put the TV and you know, I don't know. It was childhood oh, core memories. Skills. skills. Skill. It really was. I don't know yeah, how the the car our minivan didn't run out of batteries. <laughs> So you had a TV in the minivan on the road trip. On the road trip. that he, he built a makeshift like TV stand, and it was like one of those small little TVs with the built-in VCR, and he plugged it into like the cigarette holder. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't I know. know and I think it was like um, we have one of those minivans that like changed color in the sun. I think we got it on mad discount because it was like purple, <laughs> and it like, you know that like... All right, now I'm off. How many tangent. siblings? How many siblings? I have two older brothers. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you you use the baby. Yeah, we were. I mean, don't don't I have youngest sibling energy? Uh, yes, I would say. <laughs> I would say my fellow Virgo is definitely a younger sibling like myself. Yes. Since I feel the energy. Yep. Uh huh. Um. Okay, but you know, the season tournament was a win. It was a win. A huge, a huge win. Huge. Uh, better than better than I think most people expected. Yeah, W. W across the board. Even, I know you don't like to say this since you were in the running, uh, but, you know, even LeBron winning it, the winning the first one, it just, like, was storybook. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm sorry. I mean, like, the podcast as a whole had a rooting interest for you, but it, but I think... I don't mind losing. We lose we lost by four. It you know, just was, was a little storybook. That was embarrassing. Yeah. It was a tough loss. I didn't want to bring it up. Like, it was already, you already answered those questions. We don't need it's, to do that here. Um, but you know what? That was one bad loss. The Pistons, they've lost 20 straight. Mm. You, yeah, they've lost 20 mm. straight. Mm. That's rough. It's like the, Spur, the Spurs have lost 17 straight. The longest losing streak that you've had in your career was 10? Last year, 10 games. Um, what did that feel like? Because it's double. <laughs> the Pistons have double. It's awful, honestly. Like, every day, you're just like, we got to win today. And as the game gets closer down the stretch and you lose, you're like, no, not another one. And it it, it kind of festers up where you're not nervous, but you're just anxious to get a win because it's it's really hard to win in the NBA. It's, it's hard to win in all professional sports, but it's really hard to win. And I think you take it for granted until you start losing. You're like, wow, it is really hard to win. Close games, bad wins, whatever you call it, bad wins. It's like, nah, that was, a, that was a good win because we won. It's really hard to do that in the league. And I think you're starting to see that. Execution matters. How you approach each day matters. And then there's a little bit of luck involved because if the schedule swings the wrong way and you play too many really good teams over 500 back-to-back, you're going to Denver, you're going to yeah. 
Minnesota, you're going to play all of these teams. It gets quieter and quieter in the locker room. It gets quiet. Lane. It gets lonely. You start figuring out, like, is it me? Whose accountability? Like, whose fault is it? Coaching staff is probably like, what do we have to do to kind of change this? How do we change it? And if you've got a young team, you can lose your team, right? Because if there's no veterans in there, then you can really get lost. You start you traveling. You've got two veteran coaches here in Monty and Pop. Which has got to be tough for them to see see them losing like this. And uh, to be honest with you, we played the Spurs on the, on the end of this trip. I hope they win in the next four days. <laughs> right, right, right. I hope they get one. I get a win in the next four days before we come there and play y'all. Um, yeah, the you know the Pistons is tough. Like, um, you know, and Monty, like if that's a young young team, Monty mm-hmm. making that transition. Um, you know, going from being at the top of the top with in the West to whew, at the bottom of the East, at the bottom of the league, and so you know this is this is. Like, are there any bright spots when you think of Detroit? I mean, obviously, San Antonio, they have no – they know that this is about the future. And, you know, Wembenyama, this is almost – they look at it like uh, this is all lessons for him to learn. And I'm not saying that the Pistons don't have uh, players that can grow from this, but, you know – when you when you think about Detroit, like what stands out to you about that should give fans some hope here? Um – <laughs> sorry. Okay, we uh, can move on. <laughs> I I think sorry. I, I, two things. Two things came to mind. One, I went to a hockey game and I loved it. Uh, Detroit Red Wings. It was a great hockey game. They end up losing to Columbus. So when I think of Detroit, I think of blue collar. I think of hard work. I think of revitalization. The way they've improved downtown. And I think looking at their arena, looking at how they've drafted, looking at bringing in money. They're heading in a good direction. They're just struggling right now. This isn't something that's going to last forever. It's going to turn around at some point, continuing to draft well, continuing to kind of bring in more veterans to be around those young players. I like Cade. I like the mm-hmm. big fella. Uh, was it Jalen Duran? Um, they got talent. They, they drafted a kid. I think he's the backup point guard right now. He's very good, um, can score, good in pick and roll. So they're heading in a good direction. Um, but I think it's just going to take time. It takes time to learn how to win. It takes time to allow the younger players to gain experience and become more mature NBA players. Um, and it takes time to, to implement a new system. So I know Monty's going through a lot, but on the bright side, he is one of the highest paid uh, yes. coaches in NBA history, which right. could, could be That's why he took the job after he was supposed to kind of take a year off. <laughs> like they made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Um, yeah. And I like Birmingham. Birmingham is nice. Where we stay at out there? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, that's a great place. Uh, I enjoyed my time out there. Okay. Well, that's a hey, shout out Birmingham. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. As we get a little to, into uh, the Pelican brief, um, let me just, I, like, I'm going to go, I'm going I'm to I'm cook here for a second and then, you know, because I don't want you to. Cook. L- l- I, all I want to say is, you know, there's been a lot of um, controversy recently over some of the comments from Stephen A. Smith and, and Chuck and Shaq um, calling him overweight. Um, there could be a larger conversation about how, you know, the media kind of talks about humans. Um, there's a fat shaming situation here that I don't think is very professional. But, um, you know, I, I think points behind that points are, are, are being made just about Zion's, uh, discipline and, um, you know, being in shape because his career banks on him being in shape because him being in shape helps him stay healthy and him being healthy helps him live up to $230 million contract that he got despite having played in just 85 games over the first three years of his career. When he has that big of a body um, and he has a history of, you know, lower body injuries, there's, there's something to that. He has in his contract, um, you know, according, according to, you know, sources, um, uh, like a, a, a weight contract, a weight clause that, um, you know, would have to do periodic weigh-ins throughout the course of the deal. And as weight plus body fat percentage were to go above 295, he could lose money. So this, all this focus on his weight is not just out of nowhere. Then, you know, I do feel like there could be more tact used by people when, when talking about Zion, but it, but it all comes down to, um, expectations of, of him and seeing throughout, throughout his career, when he is on the court, this, these flashes of greatness and, um, it being so glaring of what is holding him back from truly, truly being that special NBA player, um, and at 23 years old, like he still has time, but it's we've seen this story before. Bodies fail, even the best of the best. And so, when it is very apparent that Zion, you know, has a body that can fluctuate, it's hard to not focus on him being in shape and that being a decider of whether he you know, can ultimately achieve his full potential. That was beautiful. I think, <laughs> I think it was beautifully said. You cooked. Um, now I'll have to ask you what your favorite dishes are later. But I think in looking <laughs> at the situation. I'm Asian. Rice, Anything uh, with rice. You said it, not me. Uh, <laughs> looking at the situation, figuring out for me as a, as a teammate and as a guy who's been in the league for a long time, how to express empathy while – motivating your teammates I think is a, is a is a tough balance but I think in this case I think he handled the press conference very professionally very mature in a very mature manner he didn't deflect he didn't make excuses he didn't make excuses after the Laker game by the way we lost by 44 points it wasn't just his fault it was all of our faults I didn't play well B.I. didn't top to bottom we we have to be better and I think that's to be said but 
up until that point, I think Z was averaging 25 or 26 points per game in the last 10 games. We were like seven and three. And we, we have since, since then we have beaten 10 teams over 500. We're actually 10 and six and we're three and five against teams under 500. So we're playing well against good teams. That was just a stretch where he didn't play well. And it was on national television in a big game against LeBron, who's 40 years old, basically, and is in, tremendous shape so it made it look worse but I think the 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 moral of the story is Z knows what he needs to do to be successful in this league I think there's a way you can go about it as a professional um, who talks about sports as a journalist there's a way you can go about it and critique him based on what you see and based on what you hear in a way that's professional and I think there comes a point where you are definitely certainly crossing the line when you start talking about eating tables and stuff like that and I know Stephen A so I'll talk to him personally about it but I think the moral of the story is if you want him to succeed, that's one thing. I think he said it. If you're just jumping on him, kicking him while he's down, that's another thing. And I think this is a 23-year-old who's been in the spotlight for quite some time. And I can't relate to some of the things that he goes through because I'm not him. I've never been an all-star. I've never been on Sports Center as a 16-year-old. Um, I'm very skinny, and I've been small my whole life. If you've seen the pictures, uh, I'm, <laughs> I don't have problems. I eat whatever I want. I obviously eat very healthy, but it doesn't affect me. Um, in terms of how I play, in terms of how I look, and things of that manner. So I think for him, he's a kid who's evolving into a man who's maturing and figuring out what he needs to do to be a professional and to be a consistent professional at a high level. His level is above a lot of other players, which is why he gets scrutiny that a lot of the players may not get. He gets paid a lot of money. He's very good at basketball. He has generational talent, and he has a chance to be an MVP of this league. Everybody doesn't have that. So there's a different level and a different standard that you're going to be held to and compared to when you have a ceiling that high. Mm -hmm. And when you get closer to your basement as opposed to your ceiling, people are going to critique you. And I think it's fine to be critiqued but I think there's a part there's a point in which you can cross the line I think for him it's about reading the situation and looking at what's true what can I do better how can I be better about these things how is that going to impact my team how's it going to impact the things that I care about my family basketball all those things and look at who's saying it Charles Barkley he might say a lot of different stuff but Charles was overweight when he first came into the league. Charles had yeah. weight issues. He talks about it all the time. I think he's been on Weight Watchers and many other things. He loves his donuts. He loves his food. But he figured out how to cope with that while losing weight, getting in shape, and becoming one of the best basketball players ever. Shaq's another guy who was extremely muscular. You look at some of those pictures throughout his career, his weight kind of fluctuated, but he did what he needed to do to be successful. And I think they mean well. I think they mean well in what they're saying. If he does some of the things that they're saying, we will be a better team. And I think yeah. he knows that. And I think Z's response, more than anything he said, was in his action, how he played, how he's been these last mm -hmm. few days. All of those things, I think, matter. And I'm a person that watches, and sometimes I don't say anything. I just watch. I'm watching. I'm evaluating. I'm critiquing when I need to critique. But as a man with two kids, you know if you speak too much, you, your kids stop listening to you. So sometimes you just kind of let them figure it out on their own. I think he's in a position where – He's going to do some really special things in this league and for our team. And I think sometimes you need that. You need to lose by 44 points on national television in order to grow. I think sometimes um, failure, I think sometimes adversity, it really shows what a man or woman is made of. And it helps build character. Some people crumble. Some people go the other way. Some people run towards it. Um, run towards adversity and figure out how to fight it. But I think in this case, he's going to run towards it and figure out how to fight it. And I think the message has been received clearly from from everybody to him and from him to everybody else. And look, I mean, it's interesting because he's 23 years old. We've seen a lot of players 
who've had injury issues. I mean, look at a guy like Steph Curry and, you know, the criticisms of his body early on and all of his ankle issues that mm-hmm. he had because he was too small or uh, his body wasn't an NBA body, and he overcame that. And so to your point of what was Zion's response being, if it comes from a place where they just want to see me do better, thank you. But if it comes from anywhere else, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, can't control that. If he really truly means, like they, you know, believes that, you know, he has room for improvement and that he's going to get over this hump um, and basically fulfill his potential, then, like, that's what it comes down to. You know, overcoming this early stage. This, Like, y- you can attest to this. Early on in your career, you're not just competing on a day-to-day basis. You're learning what it means to be a professional day in and day out, like what to eat, how when to sleep, how mm-hmm. to take care of your body. Like th- your body is your business. And so that's why this reflection of Zion, some people say, is he, ta- is he taking his business seriously, um, is the criticism. And so, you know, he can surprise us all. It's still early on in his career, but so far people can only base it off of him, you know, only playing. I don't even know how many games. So where he played eighty-five, and I don't know he played how many games he's played this year. So he's let like less than a hundred games this year or in his career. Um, so I think we will see if he if he if the dedication starts has to start now, um, and and taking that next leap. So I know you're there um, to be that veteran leadership, and um, you know. We will see how this season goes. But as you've mentioned, he's he's been great. You guys have been a surprise team um, in the West. And, you know, like this, uh, the, the trip to the in-season tournament semifinals was like another way. Like I know that game didn't go how you want it to go, but mm-hmm. the fact that you, you guys were there too, um, showing people that like the Pelicans are our dark horse in this West race, he's a big reason why. Um so, you know, and you guys have a big game. This 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 is releasing uh on Wednesday, big game in in DC. What's well, a mm-hmm. big game because it's a game on the schedule. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> to to kind of move this along, but he's he's listed as, as questionable, right? Yeah, he's listed as questionable. I think he landed on a foot in the game. Uh, I think he landed on uh McDaniel's foot in the game. Listed as questionable, but um, regardless of what happens, I think the the rest of the season will go the way we hoped it would go from the beginning. I think everybody's locked in. We know what needs to be done. And um, I mean, you look at our last ten games, last twelve games. You know, we're we're playing like a top ten defense. I mean, I think we're like eighth or ninth in defense, and we're seventh or eighth in offense. So I think those those that's the recipe for success. That's the recipe for making the playoffs. Being top ten in both offense and defense um, is something that a lot of teams aren't able to do. And I think the way our roster is constructed allows us a lot of flexibility. Yeah. And look, him signing that deal um, has raised the expectations. But can you imagine if he signed a uh, $700 million deal like <laughs> Shohei Otani did? Yeah. $700 million. Be, What? That would be wild. That's a lot of bread. In, and this is the last thing I'll say about this. I can't believe he deferred all that money living in L.A. with those taxes. He's going to take $2 million a year with L.A. state tax, with the federal government taking, what, 37%. He's going to lose, what, 13 depending on where he lives at. He's looking at losing, like, 
you know, 54% of his money probably after agency fees. Okay, Prez, let let him cook because I don't know what you're talking about, but teach him. (laughs) He deferred his money for like 10 years um, and he's not going to get inflation. He's not, he basically, he's getting $2 million a year for 10 years. And he'll get the rest at the end of the ten years. I don't know how the payout will be. It'll probably it'll probably be spread. It won't be a lump sum because that's too much money for them to pay as a lump sum. But it just it doesn't make sense. I, I obviously understand the cap implications. They want to be able to sign other players and things of that nature. But he's missing out on the ability to invest. You know, each year compound. He could be making so much money. The, uh, Kobe, may he rest in peace. Used to do. Used to get six six months up front and begin. You know, quarterly vesting, vesting his money consistently over the course of a year, which allows you to to profit more money on the back end. The more money you have, let's say you're beating, you know, I think the S and P five hundred. Let's say let's say your portfolio is doing like six percent. five hundred. Let's let's say your portfolio is doing like six percent. Like if he would have taken, let's say he's taken, was that seventy million a year? He's probably taking home I don't know thirty seven forty a year, depending on what the taxes are, and he's investing that consistently over the course of 10 years he's going to make so much more money than maybe he's able to invest i don't know 300 grand 200 grand depending on expenses and endorsements i don't want to count his money but i'm just surprised that he he chose to push the money like that when he could be investing consistently each year but i mean he obviously knows what he's doing he obviously is making lots of money off the court but but does he do you need to add one more hat to you <laughs> no. your financial advisor call him up and be if like has- i will just I'll take percentage. I'll take a percentage. I'll take a 10%, 700 mil, be his financial advisor. I'm sure he's got somebody, you know, helping him with this. I'm just surprised that that's the route they chose. But good for him. This may help him win a championship, and that's maybe what he really wants. $700 million. Like, I can't even. I don't know. You just, all, all I heard with that, you sounded like the Charlie Brown mom to me. This is wow, what wow, wow, wow. I got a C. I got my only C in my whole life was an econ. Um, econ is a beast. I married a, someone in finance, so you know, um, haven't really improved on that because <laughs> he handles all need, of it. I just need one math and science person. In That's the what house. I'm saying. It's, I, it's I even got it. I got a TA. I went. I, I just couldn't get it. It looked like hieroglyphics to me. Econ. I was, and plus I was. I, I took it in like a 8 a.m. class, and it was about 300 people in the class. I was like, nope. I checked out there, mm. and was never yeah. gonna learn it after that. I I need to be better though. Econ um, sent me to journalism. I became a journalism major. After see, econ, this was a, so. this. What? How, but you're doing great now. I gotta Look, know finance. Your portfolio. I gotta, I got to know it. I got to know money because it's, yes. it's just the world See, I live in. Also, I got to know it. Also, I mean, there are classes that, you know, the Players Association provides uh, players, right? Yeah, we'll pay for do you t- Do you teach those? Do you teach those classes? <laughs> I have done some some financial literacy courses, like lectures for, for kids and, and for students, but I don't teach. No, no, I'm not a teacher. I share knowledge. I tell stories. I share life experiences that I've had, and I just want people to be smart with their money so that it outlives them and can go to whoever they want it to go to. Can you teach me? Because I can't listen to my husband, because you know how you know how married yeah. people are. I don't really yeah. want to hear what he has to say, because then I just get mad. Um, that's that's marriage, right? Like yeah, you, you mean, know what you need to improve on. Sometimes, and then when marriage. you bring it up, I can't listen to you teach me. So maybe, maybe okay, we'll I do, got you. We'll do a I'll bonus pod for all those bonus interested. Um, 
financial literacy or, or you know, investing 101 or I don't know, we could call it whatever. Um, yeah. And we'll help, we'll help talk through investing. We'll talk through um, inflation. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just, I want to end the pod on this, uh, something that you started with that DC is like your chocolate s- city. What? Okay. Yeah. DC <laughs> is like where, one of your favorite cities. Mm-hmm. I love DC. What is it about DC that you love so much? Well, it's chocolate city. It has so much diversity in terms of things you can do. You got lots of great food. I actually have a, a reservation tonight at a Filipino spot. Um, yeah, shout what? Sh- what? Shout B- out burying chef. the lead. Shout out to Chef Paolo. What I'll are you getting you. at a Filipino spot? I met this chef at uh, Aspen Food and Wine. You know I'm in the wine business. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has a restaurant here that he wanted me to go to. So I'm going um, tonight with, with a couple of my homies who are in town. Uh, I'll tell you about it. I'll send you it so you have it. I mean. But D.C. has everything. It's got What food, do you know about Filipino stamps. foods? Nothing. That's just why I may need help on what I should order. So yeah, I will. So, I mean, if they I have lumpia, order. like obviously. Do you know what lumpia, lumpia is? Nope. It's I don't. like like a pork egg roll essentially. There, you can eat about like forty five of them. Um, uh, yeah. I do have a game tomorrow. No, it's okay. It's like it's it's like it's gonna help you. You know, it's like a magic food. And then I don't know. I mean, is it traditional? Like now I'm invested. Give me, send me the link, I'm and I, I'll let you now. know if it's legit. But the fact that you're going to a Filipino restaurant tonight in DC, I didn't. I didn't think that we were, you know, as connected like this. But this is <laughs> this, next, this is next level. This I forgot. Next- I completely forgot. Like to tell you this. Like I was just in passing. If you didn't ask me, I would have never said anything. Yeah, I, I mean, just ate there and just went about my day see but now you know that's the that's what we get for doing the cj mccollum show um and on that note enjoy i hope you get some really good lumpia and just you could you could you could just eat 20 20 is fine you'll be fine (laughs) we appreciate everybody listening to the podcast Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.